What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Justin Treese and Dan Kiefer here with another episode of our Dynasty Football Podcast. We will be having another episode. I'm having, I'm doing double episodes today. So got big this. Day. We guys, big day. Yeah, big day. Big day. So then after this, me and AC will be jumping on the mics and doing our NFC free agent pickups uh, episode, just like how we did AFC last week. But right now, Dan and I said, one to what? We want to talk some more fantasy football. So let's dive into this uh, today. Pretty exciting episode. We're going to talk about about three or four players we are buying and selling, and that is rookies and just vets. Uh, rookies, obviously, sometimes are a little tough because we don't know what team they're going to right now, but we always thought it would be fun there. And then, so like we're basically buying or selling just strictly off of skill set. And then we're actually going to be doing a first round 12 team super flex mock draft, which is always fun again, because we don't know where the, the guys are going and that's what makes it fun. Like it's strictly for fun. It's based off of skill set and not where they're actually going. Once that happens, we'll do another one and uh, it'll change dramatically. So it'll be great. So Dan, how's it going today? Yeah, hey man, doing great. A rainy day up here in Wisconsin, but uh, luckily get to hop on with you, talk a little dynasty football. And like you said, yeah, right now is kind of the, we have a little window here before the draft where everybody's really excited about these rookies and you can get some deals on some veteran players whether they're just getting overshadowed or that team's getting rumored. So you'll be looking at rookies at that position or, Hey, a couple guys even got traded or signed that impacted their roles. Uh, so, so I'm just going to hop in. My first guy is a guy that we've loved. Everybody that's been listening since the betting show last fall knows we're big fans of this guy. It's Michael Pittman Jr. Wide receiver for the Colts. We saw a micro breakout last year where he became the one and I hate to say it, Therese, but with Matt Ryan coming in, quarterback play is going to get better for Indianapolis, right? Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. Uh, we're not going to have any more left-handed interceptions. We're not going to have these random uh, balls that get tossed everywhere. Matt Ryan is easily the best quarterback that Michael Pittman Jr. has ever played with. Uh, he played with, you know, Phillip Rivers with a noodle arm late in his career and then Carson Wentz and now he's got Matt Ryan a quarterback who's been able to support wide receiver ones whether it be Julio Jones whether it be Calvin Ridley so the the wide receiver type quarterback play the system you know it's going to be defenses are concentrated on Jonathan Taylor so right now if I can buy Michael Pittman Jr. for like a late one I'm doing it in a heartbeat Might help if I'm unmuted. I do that every single episode I've now realized. So that's fantastic. And I work on Zoom all day, every day. So that's great. Great showing for me. Um, yeah, I love Michael Pittman Jr. Um, yeah, I I mean, I think he's going to have another breakout year. So I think that he'll be he'll be shooting up boards very, very quickly. Like come like August when everybody's doing their drafts, like just longer you wait to have your draft, higher he's going to cost for everybody. Um, Jim Ursay had a little saying this week about how he's like, no offense, but Jacksonville is the worst team in the league. Well, guess what, bitch? We beat you at home since like 2014. So, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention, sorry, but uh, the Colts don't have a first round pick either. So no. there's not 
not going to be that Traylon Burks coming in or a Chris Olave or anybody like that unless somebody, you know, big falls into the second round. I think their first pick is like 42. So there's not going to be that premier rookie coming in for competition either, which makes him safe in my opinion. Yep, absolutely agree there. All right, cool. So I'm going to go and I'll stick with wide receiver. I'm going to kind of flip-flop where I have in our, our spreadsheet. But um, I kind of did two here. Um, to me, they're they're similar in the sense of like skill set and everything. And that's – I'll stick with Elijah Moore to start off. Uh, Elijah Moore really took off last year for a few weeks and then got hurt at the end of the year. Um, and I think that he's just going to continue to blossom into a fantastic wide receiver – for Zach Wilson. Um, he's not just a slot guy. He can play outside. He can, he really can do it all. Um, it, it's actually kind of funny. Like there are like, I've hit on some receivers, like since we've started this podcast of guys that I've been like, man, this is my guy. Like, like Justin Jefferson was like my one, one B like it was CD lamb and Justin Jefferson, for example. Right. Um, so, and everybody obviously loved Justin Jefferson, but I think a lot of people had Judy and Ruggs and those guys ahead of them, and I did not. Um, I will say, though, two guys that I was wrong on, Debo Samuel, Elijah Moore, was just not very high on those two guys, and now I love both of them. Obviously, Debo for what he did last year, and then Elijah Moore, I think, is just, he is just going to be that guy that just racks up 90 yards, just game in, game out, like in this weird fashion. Like one day it'll be because he had one big catch and then another one will be because he had seven catches for 90 yards and just not getting very far, right? Um, he's he's just fantastic. I think he just fits Russell or Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson's skill set just perfectly. They also have, the, you know, Corey Davis on that side. They brought back um, – Barrios as well so like he's not gonna have all the attention on him so um he's kind of that mid-round guy that I'd be trying to take in in just normal drafts and then I for sure I'm trying to snake him in the second round like if I in a dynasty league I could be trying to trade some second rounders for him I I trade multiple second rounders for him honestly Right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think, you know, we saw the, we saw Elijah Moore when he was on the field, very productive. They said, you know, obviously the season was somewhat derailed by injury, but we've seen the Jets, uh, you know, invest in the offensive line. Zach Wilson's going to get better. There was going to be an acclimation period from BYU to the NFL. Okay. That's a big step people. So Zach Wilson's going to be better. He's not going to have the deer in the headlights look nearly as often this year. So the Jets are going to be down by default. Sorry, Jets fans, in case you didn't know, your team's not super awesome. Uh, so you're going to be down. You're going to be throwing the ball. And, yeah, that Elijah Moore-Zach Wilson connection is going to flourish. They came in the same year. They went to rookie mini camps together. They're going to be on the same page. Yeah, they really are. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to dive into this one, but the other guy that I was considering was Kadarius Tony. Um, just him and that new offense is going to be with, Dave, with Dabo. Uh, it's just going to be amazing. Yeah. Hey, here for that. So a big Tony fan uh, actually bought him early last year when he was like benched during the doghouse, wherever you had it, had four great weeks and never, never heard from him again. But, uh, my next guy is actually one of the better players in fantasy football that I just think doesn't get talked about. Okay. this And that's Austin Eckler. We've seen Austin Eckler with multiple offensive coordinators now, and every single time he's been productive. He's game script proof, okay? When they're down, he catches passes. When they're ahead, he runs the ball. Just, I know you probably know this because you have him on your team. He was the running back two last year. 
folks. He's still only 26 years old. So we have that, you know, four or five years of productive play left. And people just aren't talking about Austin Eckler. They talk about the wide receivers. They talk about Justin Herbert. The Chargers have invested in the offensive line. Where they're picking in this year's draft, they're probably going to sure up that right tackle spot. I could see them going for maybe like a Trevor Penning, something like that. So this is a team who has ran the ball, is going to continue to run the ball in a productive offense, in a division where points are going to be key. Every week, you know, at least eight, six games on their schedule are going to be shootouts. Why would you not want this guy? Like He's a terrific player, and I think he can be had at the cheap. You know, you're not going to get him for a second. But if you could get this guy for like two ones and you're in a winning window, by all means, people, smash except on that. Austin Eckler is a good player we're just not talking about. Exactly. And one to what some people that have him get frustrated that he only plays 80% of the snaps. I think it's fantastic. Like uh, when you're watching it and you're in like the heat of the battle, you're sometimes like, why is, you know, why is whoever's on the field, right? The kid out of UCLA that was the rookie last year, that name is blanking on me. Justin Jackson's been on the field lately, right? Like, it's like sometimes you're like, oh man, that sucks. I'm losing points there. But I'm like, well, know what? It helps this dude stay healthy all year long. And they proved last year, like the always the concern was with Eckler was always can he score touchdowns though in, in the in the red zone, right? Goal line carries, does he get those? Because he, he never did because of Melvin Gordon there. But now that he's gone last year, they proved that like they are good with Austin Eckler being their goal line back, which just made him even that much better, hence why he was RB2. So love Austin Eckler, totally agree there. Easily two first. Uh, honestly, I'd probably give up more. Um, for me, it's so I kind of stuck with the running back scenario here as well. Aaron Jones. Um, yes, Devontae Adams is gone. That hurts. But you want to know what? I could see Aaron Jones being on as a slot receiver more this this offseason or this season. I mean, um, I think that they could they want to get him and Dylan on the field at the same time, put Dylan in the backfield, put AJ a Aaron Jones out wide and just get him the ball in his hands in the open field. They did it quite a bit last year on like screens and whatnot. Um, and he flourished and he's going to again. And I think that he is going to be, he, I think he's going to be even cheaper just because everybody's now worried about one, no Devonte Adams two, how much longer is Aaron Rodgers going to play? Yes. He just signed that new massive deal, but like everybody's always going to be talking about like Aaron Rodgers can retire at any moment. Like he really can. And it is a concern. The window, sure, the window could be smaller because Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers could be gone, but that window could be two or three years. And guess what? When you're playing Dynasty, for me, it is always three-year window gaps. That is what you're looking for, right? It's not, you're not looking for five years down the road. It's like, is this trade going to help me in the next three seasons? Yes or no? That's it. That's the answer. Yeah, it, absolutely. I think you know a lot of people are also worried about AJ Dillon stealing carries, but look at the extension they gave Aaron Jones when they you know re-signed him last season. He's the guy. Even if it isn't more of a you know, like a pass catcher slot hybrid role, he's gonna get you know he's gonna get his touches. And last time I heard in a PPR format, every time he catches a ball, that's instantly a point, no matter what happens after that. So points win championships, folks. <laughs> Uh, sticking in that kind of same vein, my rookie I'm buying right now is Chris Olave from Ohio State. Uh, he's been soured on a little bit in the draft process, and I just mean that more as a fact that Garrett Wilson's getting built up, Traylon Burks is getting built up. 
And by default, Olave's falling. I see him mocked all the time in like the late first round, which is phenomenal for Chris Olave because there are two teams picking in the late first round that each have two picks and none of them have a wide receiver one right now. And I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs, both quarterbacks who absolutely flourish pushing the ball deep downfield. Last time I checked, if I can get a deep threat with either Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, I'm taking that every time. So right now I'm buying Chris Olave in the hope that he would go to either Green Bay or Kansas City and probably start the year kind of slow as he gets acclimated. And then in the back half of the year, when you're making that playoff push, when you're in the playoffs, he becomes the guy for one of those teams. And he's dropping those, you know, mid 20, maybe in a 30 point game for you in a playoff game, much like Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle did for you this year. Exactly. Uh, I actually wanted to do Chris Olave, but you already had him. So that's why I changed it up. Uh, Chris Olave is one of my favorite wide receivers um, in this draft class. Probably, honestly, probably is my favorite. Um, so Love that because what I even love about Lave is like shit, man. He could end up say in the mid first round where say the Saints take him, and I would still love it. You know, like with Winston, right? With the with Michael Thomas back doing the short routes, when and Lave could be the deep threat guy. Like I would love that as well. Um, so for me, I did have Garrett Wilson as well. You kind of touched on him a little bit. He's getting a lot of hype. I mean. Him and Olave are very very similar. Obviously, they played at the same school as well. Um, I think he's kind of going to be bulletproof in the sense of like, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is going to be. Um, I will go with somebody that's a little bit under the radar though. And that's, that's, that's Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. I am a big, big Alec Pierce guy. And if you go and look at like his skill set and the way he plays, the guy that he reminds me of is DJ Turk. I, I think we have a type Justin. Because uh, I believe it was either Dane Brugler or Daniel Jeremiah, both analysts I hold a lot in high regard, but one of them comped Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr. There you go. And I just, as soon as I saw that, and then I saw you had Alec Pierce on the sheet, I was like, oh no, me and Therese have a type, and that's our type. Like these big that's physical receivers over the middle that can also be a deep threat, you know, when you high point balls for you in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. And I love it. It's great. So anyway, so he's going to be a dude that you can get in rookie drafts late. Like we're talking probably late second round, maybe the early third is probably the most realistic thing in, in dynasty rookie drafts. And I think it's going to be a steal. Absolutely. Uh, flipping over the sell side of things is a guy I'm actually currently trying to sell. And that's uh, MVF Martel Vantes Scantling uh, current Kansas City Chiefs signed a three-year, $30 million contract. MVS is a deep threat. And he's with Kansas City. So right now, Kansas City has Travis Kels, who's going to do what he is. They have Juju, who projects as a short intermediate route you know, receiver. And then MVS, who's the perceived deep threat before they probably draft a receiver in the first round. So I'm selling MVS right now. I'm trying to get like a high second for him, which basically a lottery ticket thing that they're going to take a receiver like I think they will but because of that 10 million per year contract I think you can move him right now I'm moving him because if this dude can't and this is bad sales because if anybody in, in one of my leagues that I have him is listening to this now they're not going to buy him but I'm selling him because I think the hype is high right now and this guy couldn't produce with Aaron Rodgers 
as a deep threat. So not loving the chances of him doing it in Kansas City. Granted, I think Andy Reid's a better play caller than what they had in Green Bay. But still, this is a guy I'm selling right now to get that high second and then maybe turn that into, you know, maybe you can get a Alec Pierce or something like that with the pick. Yeah, I think that's that's the key, right? Is like we talked we talked about this last episode as well. Like there are going to be some stud wide receivers in the second round and in, in rookie drafts that I would much rather have than MBS. So do I think MBS is going to be fine? Yes, I do. But I just love the upside more of some of these rookies. So I agree with you there. Um, I realized that I went double, double running back here, but that's all right. Um, mine is going to be Damian Harris running back for the new England Patriots. Um, this is strictly because Stevenson came on late in the year. It is clearly a running back by committee. I think Harris is actually a good player. Um, had over 900 rushing yards last year, had 15 touchdowns. If it wasn't for the touchdowns though, like he would have been the most, the biggest disappointment. I mean, this dude has 23 catches in his career. In three seasons, he had 18 last year. I mean, you're getting one catch a game from this dude. Um, and that's just not going to do it for fantasy purposes. Um, like you're relying on touchdowns and that is something that we all know you can't rely on. Like, it's just something that is so inconsistent. And when you're a running back by committee, it is going to be continued to change. Yes. The, the Patriots have a history of bringing guys in and they're just, you know, they're getting a lock 10 touchdowns and maybe Harris becomes that guy. But I mean, they also are going to have a new OC this year. They're changing things up. Do they start to try to go to like, this is Mac Jones's team this season. Like I could see that. Um, so I don't know. It's just Damian Harris scares me. Um, I don't think you're going to get a higher price tag than what he is right now because he had 15 touchdowns last year. Hey, uh, yeah, I think this is very much a, for everybody that's been playing for a while, a LeGarrette Blunt situation where he had that big, like 15 touchdown, 15, 18 touchdown year. And then after that, he was just never really the same because the committee just washed him out. And as New England does, they took him out, they brought somebody else in. And then it was, I think it was Sony Michelle and we just keep going committee. And if you get hot, you get hot. So I don't think there's a lot of, you can't put a lot of stock in last season. Uh, so I'm right there with you. You can probably sell high on him right now. My next guy is it this hurts me. I, I do love this player. And he was so good to me last year where I got him everywhere on waivers for free. Turned in a top 10 quote unquote running back season. And that's Cordero Patterson. Uh Atlanta's going to be bad folks. Really bad. And I see this going two ways. Either A, Cordero Patterson gets a billion touches. And on a 31-year-old body that broke down last year because of touches, he gets hurt. The ankles go. So you have three or four great weeks, and then you're playing the hamstring or the ankle game the rest of the season, and he just never plays, and he hampers your team. Or Atlanta's just bad. They give him limited touches to keep him healthy, and he doesn't do enough to produce another year. So right now, I think since he was back in Atlanta, and they don't really have anything, Calvin Ridley's gone. It's basically him and Kyle Pitts. And Marcus Mariota at quarterback, I think you could probably sell him on the role from last year. And the fact he's probably going to play more running back this year, but I think long-term, like you said, in that three-year window, there's no way a 34 years old Cordell Patterson is going to help you. No way in hell. Might not even help you this year. So if you can sell high on him right now, by all means, see ya. A thousand percent. And I'm with you on picking him up on waivers last year and just prosper prosper. Like it was, it was amazing last year. Like it was a great ride. 
it's a one-year wonder ride for me. Like I'm, I want no part of him this year either. So um, agree with you on that one. Next one is you, funny that you mentioned, oh man, I love this guy. I also love this guy. Like this guy was one of my highest ranked running backs in his draft class. Um, I think the skill set is there. It's just the role is just not fitting for his team. And that is going to be Miles Sanders. Um, he's heading into year four and every single year he gets less touches. Rookie year went from 107, uh, 180 rushing yards or rushing attempts, I should say, and 50 catches. And then year two, 164 rushing attempts and only 28 catches. And then last year, only 137 rushes and 25 catches, like just less and less. And you can't be like, well, he missed time last year. He played 11 games his rookie year, 11 games his second year. He played 12 last year. He was even more and he had less touches. Um, and Jalen Hurts is hurting him. <laughs> like he just is because Jalen Hurts is a, he's a running quarterback that wants to get his rushing yards as well. I will say Hurts improved on staying in the pocket later in the year last year, given I think that hurt his, his fantasy value, uh, but that's a separate topic, but he just doesn't dump it off as much to two running backs. He wants to, he wants to chuck it downfield. He wants to get it to, you know, Goddard. He wants to get it to Smith. He wants to get it to Rager for the time being. Right. Um, so he's just not dumping it off to him. So like why I love Miles Sanders is his speed, pass catching ability, being able to make guys miss in the open field. And I mean, it's hard to justify having him in your roster when like, he's not even getting like 170 touches in a season. Right. And you know, the Eagles, to me, while you were explaining that, kind of felt like knockoff brand or generic Buffalo, where it's so hard to buy into Buffalo's running backs because Josh Allen's there, and Josh Allen wants to show off that cannon, and he you know, he has no problem running over a safety or a corner to score a touchdown. Jalen Hurts is the same way. No, he's not Josh Allen. I'm not saying he's Josh Allen. I'm saying the situations are similar where it's hard to trust a running back when they're not getting guaranteed touches, they're not getting goal line touches, and the quarterback has running ability where you do get into the red zone, they could just take it themselves as an unaccounted man. So I'm right there with you. Miles Sanders is, uh, you know, he gets hyped every preseason as like, this is the year, new offseason regiment, he's healthy, he's coming in season. As soon as that starts, just get rid of him. Because it's been proven now, he doesn't play, you know, he only plays 11 games, and the touches are going down. So yeah, I'm right there with you, selling all the way. Now, this is tricky when we're in here because we're selling rookies for our last one, so we don't know where they're going to land yet. But this is a guy I've soured on, and it's Sam Howell, a guy I really liked at North Carolina. He had the running ability this year to show off, and anytime you get a running quarterback in fantasy, it's a bonus. We just talked about how, you know, when they get in the red zone, they score. But if you look at where the NFL's trending, it's these guys with outstanding – physical attributes and I just don't see it with Sam like I do with a Malik Willis who I'm sure we'll talk about when we're doing a first round super flex here in a bit so Sam's been comp to Baker which is also super dangerous because nobody apparently wants anything to do with Baker Mayfield right now so I'm selling Sam Howell because I think he's going to drop to the second round and I think he's going to get tagged with that developmental quarterback and he's going to sit this year, so maybe next year we'll be buying on him cheap. But for right now, it's just a guy I don't want to invest anything in. Yep. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to invest in a lot of quarterbacks this year. Uh, there, there's probably two that I'm like, okay, I, I can see it. But, yeah, it's going to be hard for me, especially because next year looks like it's going to have some 
some just bangers. Like there's, there's some studs out there. So um, for me is, and I'm unfortunately going to say something negative about a guy you and Austin really, really like. Um, and that's Christian Watson um, wide receiver, North Dakota state. Um, I think he's a very, very good player, but I think he is, very it, it depends on where he goes unlike how we were talking about with wilson and alave where it's like hey man it doesn't matter where they're gonna go i think they're gonna just excel i actually think it does matter with watson um i've seen that he he's a big body guy but like if you just watch just basic tape and i'm not i'm not a guy that like quote unquote grinds on tape or anything like that but like when i do watch things like he doesn't use his body as as much as you would hope so to like box people out. Um, I saw plenty of drops, which I do think drops can be improved, but it is always worrisome when somebody drops consistently in college. Um, he did have some of those. And then just, he, he also has jumped up for like jump balls and mistimed the jump multiple times. I watched a little, I watched a little video of, of people being like all the times that Christian Watson mistimed a jump. And it happened more frequently than you'd want from a big bodied wide receiver like that. So do I still think he's going to be great? Yes. Do I still think he, that he should be an early second round pick in the real NFL draft? Yes. Because he has all the traits. He has the size, he has the speed, he has everything, but you I think he needs to go to someone like you mentioned, right? Like an Aaron Rodgers, a Patrick Mahomes, like to I get that like sense of like, Hey, I got you here. Um, I don't want to see him going to the Falcons in the second round or something like that. Right. Like I don't want that when I, again, Wilson or lobby, I still think would thrive in that offense. I mean, just look what they did with, you know, Calvin Ridley and whatnot. So still like him. And again, this could, easily change when in a month from now after the draft when watson ends up in a certain team i could flip to selling rather you know buying rather than selling but i think he's just more you know determines on where he goes yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there where it is a fluid process but right now the hype is out of control with this guy i mean i loved him like you said at when he was talking about being like a top 50 pick love it like no problem because we have tools you know North Dakota State did not throw the ball a bunch in our run first team. So when you take a player like, oh, okay, you know, his athletic profile doesn't fit his production. Well, that's because of the offensive style. Okay, so this guy could be a sleeper, a steal in drafts. And now we've gotten to the point where because the you know draft Twitter and whatnot, where everybody has to one up the last person. Well, now all of a sudden he's a top 20, you know, a top 20 player, top 20 pick. It's like, let's just pull back on the reins a little bit. You know, let's talk about this guy for what he is, not what, you know, in the perfect absolute scenario. Because anytime you buy on a player, because if everything goes right, he'll do this, you're missing the floor. And you need to be somewhere in the middle and keep yourself grounded. Otherwise, you're just going to be disappointed. Okay, that's how you end up taking John Ross at like 102 in your rookie drafts. And I'm sure that doesn't feel very good right now either. So, yeah, I'm right there with you for Christian Watson. Awesome. Okay. That does it for all of our buying and selling of rookies and vets. Now I want to do a simple mock draft here. Again, we don't know where these guys are going and that's what just makes it fun. Like it's not because we think that we're smarter than everybody. It is strictly, this is a for fun thing. And we're going to do just like we mentioned last episode, just assume it is always 12 team super flex league when we are talking in the, in this podcast, unless we say otherwise. So that is what it's going to be. Um, Dan, because you have pick one in our league, I'm going to let you go ahead and go one. 
Uh, to be fair, I have picked one and two in our league, so I could go anywhere. Yes, and man, I'm telling you, you know, with Superflex, always you want to go quarterback early because it's the most valuable position. You can play two of them, you know, one at quarterback, one at Superflex. And the quarterbacks aren't great this year. I mean, we have guys that could go top 10, but it, they're scary. Justin, you alluded to that earlier. So then I go to running back and I look at running back, I'm like, okay, could maybe one of these guys sneak into the back end of the first round? Well, Tampa Bay brought back Leonard Fournette. Green Bay's not interested in running back. Kansas City is not going to do that again. Buffalo might be the spot. Okay. They were rumored to be in on Christian McCaffrey. Maybe they'll take a risk on somebody. You know, when you're doing these drafts, you kind of got to guess where they're going to go. What's that situation going to be like? And it's gross. Like straight up, it's gross right now. So hopefully these guys hit awesome landing spots. So for me, I got to default back and I don't feel great about this, but I got to take Malik Willis here at 101 simply because of the upside running ability. He's got a laser arm. He's probably going to go to either Atlanta or Carolina. Hopefully it's Carolina. And you just hope this guy can ball out. There's nothing else to it. I mean, this is a high side pick in my opinion, because there's no Najee Harris available. So pick one one Malik Willis. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see you going any other way here. So, um, Oh, this next one is tough here because you obviously want to go running. I mean, running back is always a bit tougher to fill in your roster with. So you'd think that you want to go running back here. Um, but I think there's just too much question marks at the running back position here. Um, and I think that these wide receivers are great. And I could see the argument of like, yeah, there's so many great ones. Like just let all the running or the wide receivers go later and just take the running backs here. But I'm not going to do it. Um, Carson Strong is interesting here, depending on the team. But again, I could see him being easily going to a team that like he's not going to start for a year or two. Um, right. He could go to like Minnesota in the second round. Right, exactly. Right. So, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Garrett Wilson. I'm gonna okay. take him. Um, I I get that it could be a little early, but like I just think that he's going to be the dude that finds the way to just be on the field from literally snap one, you know, this year. And it's going to be, he's not going to get, he's not going to have the slow start like Justin Jefferson did, even though Justin Jefferson still had the best rookie season of all time, but let's not forget he did. He also didn't play the first like three weeks of the season. Um, And I could see Garrett Wilson being the dude that ends up being a mid, you know, in the mid first round and finding just the perfect landing spot. So I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. Right. Yeah. I could definitely see Garrett Wilson, you know, going to, like you said, going to maybe like New Orleans or something like that and just falling out. Uh, so on three, I think we, I got to take a running back here. So I'm looking at the big three. I'm looking at Seth Walker. I'm looking at Isaiah Spiller. I'm looking at Brees Hall. Of these three, I'm horrified that Kenneth Walker ends up a Houston Texan. Like that just screams a fit to me because he's your traditional you know, ground and pound, beat you up inside. It was Lovey Smith there. I do like Pep Hamilton, but like that just scares the hell out of me. So I'm going to go Brees Hall. Listen, this guy's good. I mean, he was a Heisman candidate, tested out of this world, multiple productive seasons at Iowa State, first style offense. Just, I'm going to take Brees Hall, man. I, I think he finds somewhere. And even if he's in a committee to begin the year, I think he takes over that role in the end. This is a guy that could go to Buffalo in the first round. I think that's a sneaky fit. 
Uh, and I'd like that because I think he would definitely get reps over Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Oh, 1,000%. Uh, honestly, I would see Moss getting cut if if Hall ends up going there. Um, Utah legend. Be, Utah, he really is a Utah legend. Um, let's not for, <laughs> and let's not forget, like, um, the Bills are going to be interested, right? There are strong, strong rumors that they were taking ETN last year at pick 30. Like, they were going to before the Jags ended up taking him at pick whatever that was, 21. So... And uh, it's worth noting, Buffalo is new offensive coordinator. They're rumored to be running a new run scheme this year. So anytime that happens, you could see a shift in, you know, player type and what they're looking for. So, yeah, so Brees Hall, really, if any running back goes to Buffalo and you can get him at three, I'd, I'd be pretty happy about it. Yeah, absolutely would as well. Um, okay, next pick here. Uh Man, this is where it starts to get really tricky. Um, we're talking dynasty here, so this is why the pick is. I understand this guy might not help out as much. I'm going to take Jameson Williams. I think that this dude is going to be – this dude is going to fall in the real draft, and he is going to end up with just a gunslinger as a quarterback. I just feel it. This dude is just has burners. Like, you think you think you know speed, and then there's Jameson Williams, like, in this draft, at least. Like, this dude is going to just blow the roof off. Like, he is so fast. Like, just watch any film on him, and he's he's fantastic. Great route runner. I think that he's he is primed for a huge, like, year two. Like, he's going to really take off. Yeah, I love Jameson Williams. I uh, actually did a mock last night with uh, some, for charity, with some other Twitter users. And I got him with the Eagles at 15 and I felt awesome about it. You know, oh, don't yeah. love that him and, you know, him and Devonta Smith are back together with Jalen Hurts. So, you know, quarterback play isn't ideal, but I still think either way, you know, this dude's just going to ball out wherever he goes. And there's that unquote discount because he's injured. It might scare some people off, but you're right. This guy's going to be an impact player a lot sooner than later. Uh, so at five, this is might be seen as early, but this is a player I love. I'm not sure how you feel about him, to be honest. I'm taking Trey Burks out of Arkansas. I think if you're looking for that next quote-unquote Debo player or a guy that can just get moved around an offense and be used more as a weapon and just a guy that we need to get him the ball, Traylon Burks is your guy. He's big. He's physical, so he's going to win the jump balls. Arkansas used him in the Debo role. Check. I just love this guy. I think he can be an explosive playmaker at the NFL. So over the running backs and the questions there, the quarterbacks and the laundry list of questions there at five, I'm taking Trey Burke. I was considering him at four. So love the pick. Um, I, I strictly just went off of just speed over. I, I get Burks as fast as well. I just think that James Williams just has it's that a, other level. So a different gear. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So this is where I really want to consider Kenneth Walker. Um, I know, I know you're going to take the guy. I you're going to take the guy I want next at seven. If I don't take him now, I think, um, Actually, maybe not. Actually, no, you may not. Actually, okay. I'm gonna I bet I will, one. actually. I just saw the name, and I bet I will. Okay. So I'm going to take Kenneth Walker here. I got to take a running back. You know, the, the upside is there no matter where he goes. And again, even if he ended up with the Texans, like he could just end up just being just the dude that just ends up with, you know, 
300 touches in a season and just, you know, only averages 3.5 yards a carry, but Hey, you want to know what he fell into the end zone eight times. And like, he's just, he's just that solid flex for you. And you, you know, it's nothing great, but at this point in the draft, like your mid first round, like that's all you're looking for, man. You're looking for guys that you can just have consistently in your lineup. That's what, that's what you're looking for. So give me, give me Kenneth Walker here and just hope and pray that he ends up on a team that doesn't already have a, you know, solidified one or you know goes into a true like 50 50 committee and now i'll take the player that you should have taken that i probably should have taken with my last pick so consider me the ceo of co corp because i'm taking chris olave we just got done saying that this guy is going to go late first likely to the packers or chiefs he could be the most productive what rookie in the nfl this year if that happens that's not a stretch of the imagination at all. Skill sets there, pedigrees there, quarterback plays there, offensive schemes there. Give me Chris Olave. I think at seven, this is an absolute steal. I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't take him at five. Or, you know, honestly, if you could guarantee me that he's with the Chiefs or Packers, we could have been the three. He's he's so, two. Uh, he's if he's at if he's with the Packers or Chiefs, I'm taking him over Garrett Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you know that's fair. We we we've seen it before. So yeah, I think skill set, everything. This guy needs to be on your radar anytime. Uh, even if it goes like the Saints, I'd still like it quite a bit. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Now is it my turn to take the guy that's probably the number one wide receiver off of the board in in the real <laughs> draft? <laughs> um, I think yeah, he's going to go to the Jets. Who wants that? Exactly. So it's funny that you say that because that's exactly why we haven't taken him. Right? Is because we're just afraid that he's going to go so early to a team that like you're just scared about quarterback play or something like that. Um, and that's going to be Drake London out of USC. Uh, this guy, you know, left and missed most of the season last year because of an injury, but. This guy has the size. He actually has decent speed for his size. Um, he's able to separate, even though a lot of people say he can't, but I actually don't agree with that. I think that he does have separation skills um, and he uses his body to do it, not just speed and like quickness, which is also a great thing. Like you can, you see a lot of people do that all the time. I mean, Mike Williams does that, right? Like he doesn't have like that amazing speed. He just, he knows how to maneuver his body to cause separation and sometimes when you're that big the separation doesn't need to be as big as these small guys like you're able to catch in in traffic and all that so i think drake london is going to be a very very solid player um just a little worried he's going to end up with like a team that you just don't want him to end up on and i'm not even saying the jets i'm just saying just like one of those early you know top 10 teams that you're like man you're a top 10 team because you have so many needs not just not just a wide receiver Right. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I think Drake London is like you said, probably the first receiver taken, but because of that, he's going to a bad team and in fantasy, it's not so much talent as it is situation. And these other guys we talked about, the situation is so much better. Uh, at nine, I think we're to the point now when you're being late in the first, these are lottery tickets. You, you're looking for a guy that can explode. So I don't still don't love quarterbacks here. Uh, I think really second round is where the hay is going to get made on quarterbacks. There's going to be a lot of guys that sit. Your Matt Corrales, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. Kenny Pickett's still there, but I don't see the ceiling with Kenny Pickett. I see a very – I hate to do this to a guy, but it, the fallback is always like, oh, he's a Teddy Bridgewater guy. You know, like he's going to go in and he's going to 
win his team games, but I don't think he's going to win you fantasy games. He's not going to have those 40, 50 point weeks that a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen has where you're like, yep, boom, really doesn't matter what else happens. So I'm kind of out on Kenny Pickett in terms of fantasy. I think we're down a tier now in wide receivers, which leaves running back. And there's two guys I really like here, Isaiah Spiller and James Cook. I mentioned I'm here for home runs and lottery tickets, so I'm taking James Cook. I want the speed. Therese, you look so sad that I take your guy again. I I just think Cook's the guy. He's got the speed. He's got the NFL pedigree. I, I just love the way he looked at the combine. I love his tape. I love everything about the guy. But for some reason, he's still dropping down. So this could be your textbook. This could be this year's Eliza, Elijah Mitchell, a guy that goes mid-round, mid to late. He's, Cook's going to go before Mitchell did. But he's going to go mid-round, and he could explode and win you fantasy leagues. You know, he, This is a guy that could score those 70-yard touchdowns that win you weeks. So, yeah, give me James Cook in the late first. Oh, I hate you. I hate you. Yep. I for sure. I for sure was going to take James cook at 10 right there. I was like, Oh, I'm sneaking this one in and he's going to be pissed. Nope. I'm, I'm the joke here. Um, okay. I'm going to take a guy. I kind of mentioned a guy earlier in a buying in Elijah Moore. Um, and I'm going to take another more. Uh, I'm going to take sky Moore here. Uh, sky Moore, He's getting a ton of hype. This dude is fast as hell and i think that he is going to land he he's in the perfect spot where he's going to end up going like mid second round in the real draft and he's going to end up with one of these great quarterbacks in the team that needed a like a wide receiver three on their team or a wide receiver two um and he is going to just thrive in this i think sky Moore is fantastic um i mean i would love for him to fall into you know that first pick of the third round in the real draft for the jags to take him but i don't think he's going to i think he's going to be in that mid to late second round and i think that i just think that speed is showing that it's killing no matter where no matter what nowadays like with with how well that tony was playing when he was healthy and more when he was when he was healthy last year i think teams are going to jump on guys like sky Moore here Okay, when we're done, we need to have like a two-minute guys that should have gone in the first round or guys that jump into the first round because there's multiple players I'm seeing now that like, oh, if player X goes to team Y, he's probably a top-five pick. Uh, And it's one of these guys that's like right now I should be taking Isaiah Spiller. I absolutely should. There's no doubt. I should take Isaiah Spiller here, and I'm not going to because I'm – there's a quarterback that I do like and he's falling and it's Matt Corral. This is a guy that has had no shine on him since the injury, but Matt Corral has absolutely stupid arm talent. He's going to have to sit for a year because he was in a quote unquote gimmicky offense that forced him to make reads. And apparently we don't want quarterbacks that made reads in college. Okay, sure. All right. I'll play your silly game. But this guy's intangible-wise is perfect. We saw when he played in the bowl game, his teammates loved him. This guy will leave everything on the field. He's not scared to run. He balls out. I love Matt Corral. I I think it's a guy you would go to war for. So I think a team's going to get him in the early second or trade up to get him as teams are trying to trade back at the end of the first. Ends up in a good situation. You're probably going to have to sit on him for a year. But when this dude plays, we're talking – this guy could really be something. So give me Matt Corral here at 11, even though it should be Isaiah Spiller. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying that, and maybe I should be going Isaiah Spiller here as well, but I'm just not going to, <laughs> uh, I'm going to continue to just let him, let him slide. So now, now you're down to what you got Jahan Dotson, you got Christian Watson. I mean, too early for like a guy like Justin Ross. Um, do Kenny you go with the, still there. You still have, you still have Kenny Pickett. And again, though, like I'm kind of with you, like what you mentioned earlier, I think that the second round is where like all these quarterbacks are going to go. Um, and it's, and this is, I would say this is even less about like the talent of quarterback. I think it's literally the talent of like some of these skill players that you can see just like booming that you just want to take. Um, I want to take Dotson here. I think that Dotson's the safest pick here, but I'm going to, okay. I'm going to take Jahan Dotson because I think it's the smart thing to do here. But um, I will say the guy that I wanted to take was actually John Mechie out of Alabama, but he also is coming off of a torn ACL. But I think that, I think this dude is going to be falling into the late second, early third in the real draft. And he is going to go with the team that loves his speed, loves just the ability to just get the ball in his hands and go just like Alabama did. And he's a little bit further ahead uh, than like Jameis Williams on his recovery from ACL injury. So you actually given Williams, the videos are making it seem like he, that dude might be able to play this year as well, but I think Mechie will be able to play this year. Um, so I think that there's a little bit less concern. Again, I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson though, out of Penn state. Um, I know a lot of people don't really like him for some reason. Um, but I think that he's a great route runner. I think he's silky smooth. He doesn't have like the blazing speed that some of these other guys have, but he's still fast and his size is comparable to a lot of these other guys. So give me Jahan Dotson. And I think that, um, he'll make it work no matter what. I mean, he could move into just a pure slot role if he needed to in the NFL and be just fine. Yep. And I think he's also one of those guys that go late first. If he goes to like, you know, the Chiefs or, you know, Green Bay or something like that. Even, you know, sneaky, sneaky would be Buffalo. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, then he would definitely pop up. But let's just take a minute here. You know, we mentioned Christian Watson. You mentioned George Pickens and John Mechie. I think those three I would tab that landing spot dependent. They could jump up. The guy I really want to talk about is Isaiah Spiller because I've seen this guy in Dynasty Mocks go top four. So, Tristan, like, is there a situation out there where he is a top four pick to you? Because to me, the only real ding on Isaiah Spiller is the top end speed. Okay, he's slow. Slow isn't right. I think he's like David Montgomery light. You know, where he's just going to be consistent. He's just consistent. Yeah. So Um, I I guess I'm having the tough time right now to be like really like break down of like what teams need a running back, right? Like which one's absolutely like it's, we are really at a time in the NFL right now that I don't see any team that's like, yep, desperately need a running back right now. Like you have the last few years. Cause even the bills, man, like Spiller's been great. Um, Singletary. So, look at teams and this is what i think hurts the running backs in this class wow what kind of idiot would want the number one and number two overall pick in this draft uh for dynasty uh so i look at teams like houston massive running back need situation scares the hell out of me atlanta massive running back need scares the hell out of me seattle 
could need a running back. I mean, it's Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. So yeah, maybe they're a day three running back. Like if James Cook goes to Seattle, it's going to hurt me a lot. And I'm going to be big sad, but that makes a lot of sense. So you look at these teams, maybe the Jets need a like first and second round back. Like maybe they're in on an Isaiah Spiller and then they can use Michael Carter as a third down committee kind of thing. Even that scares the hell out of me. So these running backs, it, it sucks, dude. It sucks. Like even with the Jets, though, like they just re-signed Tevin Coleman too, and you know they're gonna love. He Coleman. doesn't stay I, healthy. He doesn't, but it's gonna scare you just enough, though. Like that's the point, right? Is it gonna scare you right. just enough? So, um, but yeah, you're right. So like we're down to the Falcons, who who know? I I could see the. I would be more inclined to take these guys if they were a Falcon than if they were a Texan, because I mean. Their their head coach was a fantastic OC with the Titans, so like he he knows how to like maneuver and scheme around running backs. So I would say that, um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of where I'm at. Like the running backs kind of scare me. I think that this is going to be a very very heavy wide receiver draft class. I think once we get once we obviously understand where some of these players go, I think that like our draft will change dramatically. We'll have. I'll I'll say we'll have at least three quarterbacks in in our first like ten picks like come come right in April. yeah you know because there's just so many question marks right now like you said you know Malik Willis he could go to Carolina he could go to Atlanta he could he could go to Detroit you know like that's not going away him at 102 and if that's the case he's clearly not playing early because Jared Goff there's going to be an acclimation period so you know maybe Malik Willis isn't 101 anymore maybe he's a guy that you take it you know, that seven or eight range where it's like, oh yeah, he's going to sit for a year. So there's a lot of moving pieces. It's very fluid, uh, you know, but I think this was fun for me anyway, just because it, it kind of stacks guys as well, we think they're going to go here, but their talent says, you know, they should go here. So dependent on, and I think you, that's a good way to go about it, you know, is to not concentrate solely on the landing spot. Look at the players as well. So uh, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it absolutely was. So, all right, cool. And again, next episode, we're going to dive into some, to some IDP stuff, some defensive players. That's something that Dan and I geek out about sometimes, like through text. And we're just like, man, we should just do like a whole, like just podcast about just defensive players because like one that doesn't happen very often and more and more dynasty leagues are becoming IDP leagues, not just offensive yeah. players. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you still, if you play dynasty with a full team defense and or a kicker, get your shit together. Yes, please, please, <laughs> especially kickers. So, um, all right. So that does it for us. Uh, we appreciate y'all and we'll be back next week with probably two more episodes. So um, enjoy your weekend. And today we've been talking football.